Welcome to What's Your Skincare Routine with Leora Luciano, the podcast where beauty, travel, wellness, and creativity converge. I'm your host, Leora Luciano, bringing you over a decade of insights as a beauty and health editor, as well as being a travel and lifestyle content creator. In this podcast, join me as I share insights garnered from my journey, along with conversations with experts, influencers, and your favorite brand founders. They'll reveal their skincare secrets, share travel experiences, wellness insights, and delve into their creative passions. But that's not all. I'll share practical advice, product recommendations, and inspiration to help you craft your own beauty routine, plan your next trip, boost your well-being, and unleash your creative spirit. So sit back, relax, and let's get glowing. Hello, Glow Seekers. In today's episode, I'll talk a little skincare, and I'm sharing my personal skincare routine and the benefits of skin cycling. But that's not all. We're also unlocking the power of visualization and self-love by diving into the world of vision boards and making our own. Because let's face it, the canvas of our dreams deserves to be as luminous as our skin. Are you ready to glow together? Let's dive in. Today, I'm going to answer the big question, what's my skincare routine? Actually, it really should be what's my current skincare routine because it does change here and there. I've really been beauty obsessed since forever, but a few years ago, as a full adult, I experienced acne like never before. And I'm not talking about the cute breakouts you can easily cover with a sweet little heart-shaped pimple patch. Yes, I had those too but I also dealt with painful cystic acne that seemed to appear out of nowhere. And it's been quite a journey, and I plan to dedicate more time to discussing acne and how to deal with it at all ages in future episodes with help from experts. Understanding why I became so obsessed with skincare and acknowledging the mistakes I made along the way is crucial. I've tried lots of things that didn't work, and probably made things worse, and even used to have a skincare routine that included over a dozen products. But now I've scaled back. And while I'm hardly a minimalist, it's definitely been a change. But before I talk more about my skincare routine, I want to hear about yours. Literally, what's your skincare routine? Feel free to reach out by emailing or calling and leaving a message, whether it's a question you'd like me to answer or something I can seek advice on from an expert. I'm here for it. You'll find the phone number and email in the show notes. Now let's talk about my skincare routine. It varies a bit, but in the morning, simplicity is key, with a focus on SPF, of course. Sometimes I'll just use water to rinse my face and then add a light serum and add my SPF. Other times, like the winter time, I need to add a moisturizer in to the routine as well. However, there is a caveat. If I'm doing gua sha or using a microcurrent device, more on that in the future, I'll adjust my routine accordingly. In the evening, my focus shifts to skin cycling which is a practice introduced by Dr. Whitney Bow, a board-certified dermatologist and the founder of Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. Skin cycling is a four-night process that strategically uses different products to maximize the benefits of exfoliants and retinoids without causing irritation. Here's how it works. Night one, exfoliation. Use chemical exfoliating products with alpha-hydroxy acids, AHAs, and beta-hydroxy acids, BHAs. Then add your moisturizer. 
Night two, retinol. Use this powerful ingredient as your only active for optimal results. And then, of course, add your moisturizer. Nights three and four are all about recovery. Focus on hydration and repairing your skin barrier with ingredients like hyaluronic acid, ceramides, and glycerin. After night four, you repeat the cycle and start again. A few months ago, I had the privilege of being part of a group that had the opportunity to try some newly launched skincare products from Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. This is where I learned a lot more about skin cycling. The products that were being launched were the Ask2C Vitamin C Age Defense Serum and the Retinal Night Advanced 0.1% Firming Treatment. Yes, I do love these products, and paired with skin cycling, these products have truly been game changers for me. Also at that time, I had the opportunity to interview Dr. Bo, and I got a better understanding of why she is so passionate about skin cycling. It's all about the effectiveness in getting the most out of your nighttime routine without the downsides. And in addition to maximizing the benefits of both exfoliants and retinoids without causing irritation. Skin cycling can also help those who are overwhelmed by numerous products or experiencing a plateau in results. So skin cycling helps to avoid these pitfalls and provides a more balanced approach to skincare. As a beauty writer and content creator, I am guilty of this one. I try out new products all the time, and sometimes it is a seamless swap for products, but then other times it just does not work out and I pay the price with red, irritated, and sensitized skin. But there are ways to adjust your skin cycle to make it work for your skin. So if you are sensitive or have dry skin, you might want to use a lower grade retinol or acid, or you can add an extra recovery night that can be helpful too. But if you are acne prone, you might find success with a three-day cycle of exfoliation, retinoid, recovery, and repeat. It's all about finding the right groove for you when it comes to skin cycling. No matter your skin cycling preference, it's all about results. And according to Dr. Bo, you may start noticing results in just eight days or two full cycles. And you can expect a healthier glow, increased hydration, and softer skin overall. In addition to all of the benefits of skin cycling, what I think I enjoy most is the guardrails that it sets out where I know what products I'm using. I know what I'm doing. I feel more empowered when it comes to my skincare routine, especially at night. It's really straightforward. And if I feel like I want to bump it up a level with actives, I can do that. Or if I need to slow things down or lessen the intensity, I can do that as well. And then I can just pick things back up and adjust accordingly, whether it's a change in season or something happening with my skin, I can adjust and feel like I'm and feel like I'm very in touch with what's happening on my skin. With the new year officially here, I wanted to go over the popularity of New Year's resolutions. And while I think they're pretty cute, they're not really great for setting goals. And in fact, according to a study conducted by Forbes Health and One Poll, more than half of Americans abandon their New Year's resolution within the initial three months. And while that stat is, oh, all right, I guess they don't work. I think if people set a New Year's resolution on January 1st and continued it 
for those first three months, continued working on it, and maintained it for a whole season, that's not bad at all. At the beginning of the year, there is such an optimism, excitement, and energy around goals and planning ahead. It shouldn't be something that's just limited to the start of the year. It's something we should come back and reevaluate all the time because that energy, enthusiasm, and that optimism starts to wane a bit. And according to the statistics, 1% of resolution makers manage to adhere to their goals until the end of the year. So out of everybody making resolutions, only 1% of people keep them through the end of the year. And there are other statistics. For example, only 6% of people experience substantial long-term life changes, which is great. That same study also finds that less than 10% of people report their resolutions lasting longer than a month, while 21.9% sustain them for two months, and additionally 22.2% manage to uphold their resolutions for three months, and 13.1% claim success in maintaining those resolutions for four months. So it really starts to drop off. However, I really think there's a lot that you can do in those three months in a season. You can make a lot of changes. I don't think these stats are as grim as they sound, but what's important to remember is that goals change. And I think there are ways that we can go about setting goals and resolutions for the new year if that's something you want to do. And it's just about making smart goals. Smart. S-M-A-R-T. That's the acronym. And basically, that is a specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely goal. So when you break that down, you're better able to refine as you go. Because when you're setting a goal, usually it takes a period of time to achieve that goal you're going to have to refine it along the way. So with that, let's dive deeper into how to set a SMART goal. Starting with the letter S for specific, you want to keep it specific. And by that, I mean keep it focused, defined, and detailed. And just rein that in a bit to make it specific to you. For the next letter M, measurable, you want to have a well-defined criteria so that you're able to see progress along the way as you move in the direction of your goal. Next, A, achievable. This should be a goal that is attainable for you. Next is R for realistic. That means keep it within your grasp and reasonable and relevant to your mission. T is for timely. Have a clear defined timeline that includes a start and an end date. The goal is to generate a sense of urgency. And these are just some tips to goal setting in general, not specifically tied to the beginning of the year. However, they can be used for resolutions. I would recommend always reevaluating, constantly looking back. If you are really passionate about trying to achieve something, more often than not, you are going to have to reevaluate as you go and adjust accordingly. Keeping that acronym SMART goals in mind is really helpful for getting in there and adjusting to make sure that you can achieve that goal if it's really important to you. The other thing about resolutions is sometimes they seem like punishments. They are things maybe you want to change about yourself, but those goals 
really usually set you up to fail oftentimes, maybe at about a rate of 91%. I'm not sure. But you don't want to focus on your shortcomings. You really want to maintain that energy, those good vibes from the beginning of the year. I think changing your mindset about resolutions is really important too. I think those change-based goals set us up to fail. It's a reminder of maybe shortcomings or feelings of inadequacy. It might be a good idea to consider more of an acceptance-based goal with the idea that we deserve support. I think we should avoid creating an exhaustive list of self-improvement targets for the year. I think instead we should look towards goals that are rooted in acceptance and that will help set us up for success. For example, an acceptance-based goal might be, I will seek assistance when facing challenges. If I'm feeling burned out, I will say no. Prioritizing my mental health and physical well-being will be my top priority. In essence, acceptance-based goals can create a foundation for positive growth and well-being. Shifting the focus from perceived shortcomings to self-love, understanding, and the recognition that we deserve support to thrive. And with that, we'll take a little break to reset. And when we come back, we'll put our creativity to good use with vision boards. Welcome back, everybody. Now, as we find ourselves in the season of setting intentions for the new year, I'm inclined to steer away from the traditional resolutions. Those statistics about the failure rates of New Year's resolutions are disheartening at best and bleak at the worst. So instead of fixating on resolutions, let's redirect our focus towards the process of creating a digital vision board. For this activity, what I'd like to do is share a little bit of what I do when I create a vision board. And also I create a lot of mood boards for content that I'm creating. So for that, mood boards are more centered around a theme usually, whether it's a color or an activity or a larger concept. So with that, before I start breaking it down, I wanted to share that you can come back and listen to this again when it is best for you to create your vision board and set your intentions for the new year. And I will put the timestamp in the show notes so you have that. Let's begin. The first step is you'll want to elevate your creative sanctuary by curating an environment that inspires you. That might mean playing your favorite music, lighting a candle, infusing the air with essential oils, drinking your favorite beverage. You'll really want to set the stage to immerse yourself in an atmosphere that sparks creativity. Step two. The essence of creativity lies in unhurried moments. Let's delve into the significance of taking your time. This one is tough for me personally. But take your time. Crafting a digital vision board is not a race. Enjoy each moment of the unhurried process. And let go of the need for perfection. Instead, focus on the journey itself and allow that creativity to unfold organically. Before we dive into the depths of vision board mastery, let me share some ways to elevate your creative process. The first of those, you'll want to reflect on your aspirations. Before you start crafting your vision board, you want to be introspective. 
ask yourself, what are your aspirations? What are the goals that you're looking to achieve that really fuel your spirit? Let those reflections guide the curation of images, quotes, symbols, colors that really encapsulates the essence of your dreams. And then immerse yourself in the process. Remember, this is not about the end product. It's a journey. This is not something you're going to have to show anyone. This is something that you should probably want to look back upon and reflect on throughout the year and see where you are. Embrace the imperfections and enjoy the process. Whether there's technical glitches or sometimes you might be blocked and need to come back to it at another time. And that's okay. Next, you'll want to visualize your aspirations. Now, only do this when you have the space and the time for it. But what you'll want to do is close your eyes and embark on a visual exploration of those aspirations. In your mind, you'll want to paint a mental canvas of your goals. How do they look? How do they feel? This exercise helps to solidify the vision that you want to express and helps you with the next step. Next, you'll want to choose images that inspire you by seeking out images that feel authentic and ignite that inspiration. Whether sourced online or captured through your own lens, does not have to be professional, it can be through your phone as well. Choose visuals that resonate with you. And the next part of this is the power of words. You'll want to add impactful words to your digital canvas. Look for quotes that inspire you, affirmations that echo your goals. For the next step, it's about putting it all together. Once you have all of your elements ready, you'll want to actually assemble the board digitally, of course. And there are a number of tools that you can use to do this. You could certainly use something like Adobe. I find that websites like Canva and Pinterest are much more accessible. I think Pinterest is great for its simplicity. You can simply take those assets that you have, those materials that you have, and you can pin them on a board. This does not have to be public. You can create a, or you can create a vision board using a template. There are so many beautiful free templates for vision boards on Canva that all you need to do is drag and drop your elements and it just looks beautiful. The most important thing is to embrace the spirit of experimentation and try out various arrangements of your quotes and symbols and images that really are in harmony with your intentions and goals for the new year. All right, and just like that, you've created your vision board. I hope the tips that I've shared today infuse your artistic process with a little bit of inspiration and encouragement. I hope you dream expansively and may your digital canvases unfold with grace. Thank you for sharing this journey with me and entrusting me to be your guide. That's all for today's episode of What's Your Skincare Routine with Leora Luciano. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media where you can get more content and resources. And if you enjoy what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. Your support and feedback mean the world to me. Thank you for being a part of this journey. I appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next episode. 
Until next time, this is Leora signing off.